Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to part three, everyone. Um, Billy and I are wandering now. The mountaintops, is, it's, a, it's gone into a rainy kind of day. We've had all weather apart from snow, pretty much, I think. It's been <laughs> that's amazing. All, that's ordered for the last bit. Billy's been sliding down on his bum. I've been sliding on my shoulder. It's all, it's all been fantastic. The only person that stayed fully afoot. Have you stripped over, Abby? You've been right. Even are you two? <laughs> I hate to say this, mate. We'll work on it. Them two are the I ones. <laughs> they've, yeah. they've managed to stay upright, but anyway. No matter where you're walking this week or how far your route is, our new sponsor, Fitflop, is here to support you on your stomps. We've done an impressive amount of miles on the stomp cast so far, and I've been kept supported by various pairs of trainers and shoes from Fitflop throughout. I've been wearing Fitflop for well over a year now. Powered by science, each shoe provides support for long periods of time, thanks to the biomechanic testing that goes into every single pair. For those who might not know, Biomechanics is the study of the human body and how it moves, and I can vouch for the fact that Fitflop shoes align incredibly well with my feet and natural walking style. I'm certain they'll be great for you too. Fitflop uses biomechanics to ensure they provide all-day comfort. Honestly, it's so nice to go out for long stomps and not come back with achy feet at the end of the day. It's kind of like walking on clouds. If you're stood there now, ready for your stomp, looking at your old trainers, boots, or even sandals, and they're in need of an upgrade, Head over to fitflop.com to choose their perfect replacement. I love the Vitamin FF trainers, which are made with a soft, springy, neodynamic midsole. The technology helps propel you forward and takes the pressure off your feet by reducing impact with every step. How did you get into SAS two days with? How does that even come about, getting on a show like that? Right, I'll tell you, I mean, long story, but I'll keep it short. So when I left the military, going back to all those little problems, you gotta get a job. So the first job I got was probably as high profile you could ever imagine. <laughs> so I've gone from this world of, you know, under the radar, cloak and dagger, no one yeah. knows who we are, yeah. to getting a job. And the job was to be a bodyguard for celebrities who happened to be the, the, the biggest A-list celebrities in the world. But I needed a job. So I'm now stood next to them on cameras. And, so you're talking uh, about Angelina Jolie yeah. here. Brad, yeah, I mean, it's exactly. all publicly known. It's a very public yeah, yeah, Brad, I'm not all these guys, like, big, big, yeah. big, big names, big names. So I'm now in this world of, you know, being shot at, like, you know, in the regiment, you get shot at virtually every day, but with guns, but now being shot at with cameras. And it felt more awkward than being shot with a gun. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to deal with Do this. Do I shoot back? <laughs> I, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. Like, how's he allowed to take my picture? And I don't want people to know who I am and what I'm yeah, doing. Sure. And of course, I wasn't talking about who I was, but they make their own mind up. They guess, they ask, you know, so I went from everything being CIA to FBI to wow. SES to friggin' James Bond. It was all these crazy stories that were going out in the press. And so that was weird. So that's how it all starts. So I'm now in this limelight and it took me a long while. Did you like it? No, I didn't. Not initially, yeah, because I was kind of foot in the water, foot out the water. Am yeah, I doing the sure. right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? It was really weird. And then I embraced it. I got used to it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the job. The job was like, 
it's not what people think. It was 18 hours a day, you know. And again, you talk about sacrifice. I was living every day with my clients. Because yeah. you have to as a bodyguard, because of trust. You've got to yeah. build that rapport and relationship. So that was just like being in the military to a degree in terms of time away yeah. commitment. So then from there, you know, I got asked, will you, um, I just got this weird phone call out of the blue, will you come on this show and do this? And I was like, no, 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 not interested, not interested in any of that. But what I did do, and it was really, his perseverance wore me down. And I said, all right, let me have a look at it. There was a producer got in touch with me to do a program called Unbreakable. Yeah. Which is in about 2008. Yeah. And, and that was like a mini version of SS today. So it was eight, nine fittest people in the UK, male and female. I think I, I do think and I remember And the idea that. was they were so fit and so tough, they're unbreakable. Yeah, I remember. Break yeah, them. I did see it. I remember it. So, I remember it. And they were going to go to a various um, environments. And I was to take them to the jungle. <laughs> and then I got asked to take them all these other places. But, you know, and push them through these, these pro this process to see if you could break them. Long sort of short. The reality of it, I think I broke all of them in about 40 minutes. <laughs> so we had to rethink about it, which I did Mike. tell the producer. And that's no disrespect to them. No, no, no. But yeah, you've got to remember these are, to it, like you said, if you're in a different world. Yeah, different they went thing. straight into the jungle. People die in the jungle. SAS oh people gosh, die laughed, in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and they, I they didn't it. get it. So I, I did that, and that actually put me off even more. Yeah, okay. And then in between that, I was getting asked, will you do this, will you do that, blah, 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 blah. And then. Along come SES Who Dares Wins, and it was the same time as um, Ultimate L Week, I think it was called, which some of my mates were working on as the safety and all this. And says, hey, Billy. Yeah. And it was with Freddie Flintoff, the yeah. cricketer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I like Freddie, he likes a beer. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. that. I've got the beers then. And I was going to do that, and that ran exactly the same time as SES Who Dares Wins won the very first programme. Yeah. And a good friend of mine who was on it, Colin McLaughlin, yeah. who I actually took through training, believe it or not, Oh, really? he, he, he kept calling me up and saying, mate, we're putting this program together. We'd love you to come on it right at the start. And as soon as he said that title, SAS, I went, no. There'd been a lot of cheesy programs and yeah. nonsense. And I thought, oh, I can't do that. So I said no to that. And I was going to do um, the one with Freddie Flintoff, Ultimate L Week. Yeah. Long, long story short. He went Just off, before yeah. that started, the day before, I flew back from a bodyguarding job in yeah. uh, Nigeria. So I just got back and the night before shooting, I'm sat talking to the producers and Freddie and my face fell off. I got malaria. Oh. This was the fourth time I'd had malaria now. And it, this was cerebral malaria, which I oh, obviously Jesus. didn't know right then. So I ended up in hospital, serious, isolated, yeah. really not well. And that got canceled. So that show went out with somebody else who stepped in. Yeah. SAS1 went out, same time. And SS1 got great ratings, the other show didn't. Yeah. I didn't see it, didn't think about it. And then a producer from Minnow, who make the program, yeah, they make it, kept yeah. ringing me up, pestering me again, saying, we really want you to come on the show. To the point, I just said, listen, I'm not coming to London, mate. He said, I'll come to Hereford. Yeah. I put the phone down, three hours later, he was in Hereford. Really? Yeah. Fair enough. That is that. To be fair, that is that was dedication, isn't yeah. it? They're like right, and you're like fair enough. You're respectful. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. So I gave him the time, and we sat, we talked, and then, like I say, I hadn't seen the show, and he said, "Look, I'll give you a USB with the program on. Have a look at it. Tell me what you think, and well, let's have another discussion." Yeah. So I'd recovered now. I went back to uh, on a bodyguard job somewhere else, and while I was overnight on board, I watched it. And I thought, actually, you know what? It's not that bad. It's Looks not good. about 
the directing stuff is about the people. Yeah. It's about their story and we yeah. add authenticity to it. So I yeah. thought, I'll do that. Yeah. So that was my reason then for joining. I joined on the second series, which was Ecuador in the jungle. And it was like being back in. I loved it. You enjoyed it. It was the camaraderie, the four of us, taking the piss out of each other, having a laugh. And did you know Ant and stuff before that? No, I didn't. The only one I knew, knew of Connie, was so Foxy. Foxy, yeah, Foxy. Yeah, because Foxy was a young... He lives not far from me, actually, Foxy, Yeah, he's yeah. a good lad. He's a great kid. He, um, he was at the camp the same time as I was, going through some training stuff, you know. I was a lot older than him, obviously. But, um, yeah, so I knew of Foxy. I didn't know the others. But it doesn't matter. Put two soldiers together and you've got the same... What is it like? Do you kind of like, is there like a measuring up? Is there, is there that kind of... Nah, it's just, it, it's weird because you, you always want each other to succeed, but you want yeah. each other to fail just so you can take the piss <laughs> out of each other. You don't want the whole thing to fail, but you want that person to fall over and look like a yeah. prat. Like, you, you know, know? military, like, yeah, like my brother's like army, you seem human. like you love having like one over each other. But oh, in, like, yeah. in a way that's kind of actually like brotherly, isn't it? Yeah, kind of it like... is. But when it comes to doing something, you're closer than two cards oh, of yeah, You, you back, are, you're like... so close, you just... And then, and then back to taking the mickey. So it was like being back in. And it was good fun. Yeah. And the beauty of the show is, there's no script. Is there really no script? You no script at all. Yeah, we don't know anything about the students. Those mirror rooms are all real. We're wow. not allowed to know because it then becomes bias or... Okay, yeah. And it, it takes away... Because you, you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. Yeah, sure. Uh, and plus, you don't know... Like, yeah, anyway, so there's no script. It's filmed 24 hours a day. And it really is. I mean, I love it now. I absolutely love it because it helps so many people. When you help that guy in the mirror room or that girl, yeah. they tell their story. And most of the time it is a sad story, but not always. And um, you get their story out. You know, as well as helping that person, because they walk out of that mirror room, I'll tell you honestly, two inches taller. That wheel's off the shoulder now. And yeah. you see it. And you, you do when you're total, watching as a viewer, yeah. you can feel that. You see that. a total change in their demeanour. But... The key to it is, behind that screen, people watching, you know, there's 20, 30,000 people, that helps as well, because they've got the same problems. They've got, if they can talk about it, I, I can talk. It. And the reason I know that, every time the show goes out, yeah. constant messages, you've saved my life, thank you. You don't know, but yeah. it's amazing, mate. Well, people look, I mean, we, when we met you here and you had, you had your bacon sandwich and stuff, that kids coming up to you, young lads and stuff, like, they're probably looking up to you thinking, you know, of all the things that they, well, look at that. You know, yeah. you talking about things will have helped them as well. It's like going, do you, know, do you know what? Like you can be a man and you can have difficulties and you can succeed. You can do, it's all in, they're not separate things. People want reality. People want to say reality. People want the truth. Yeah. This is who I am. Hey, you know what? I bleed like you bleed. Yeah. I cry like you cry. I feel the pain like you, you feel it. Yeah. The thing is, I just, me personally, we're all, everyone's different. I just, people say to me, like, my knees are smashed. I'm going back to the States next week to have two knee operations. Oh, wow. Because I've been smashed from years of carrying all the weight, jumping out of planes, all that nonsense. Like, now they're killing me. But the thing is, although they're hurting me, I can still do it. Yeah. Because I know, but I don't know when, there'll come a time I can't do it. Yeah. I will not be able to do it. So while I can do it, I do it. Wow. And when I get into that, those dark spaces that we were talking about earlier, Pheasant. The thing I say to myself is, this is a passage in time. Yeah. And the longer I sit here moping about it, suffering, the longer it's going to go on. I, my my favourite saying is, "This too shall pass." Yeah. And it's because it will. Yeah. The good times go, and the good and the bad times do as well. Like nothing lasts forever. 
yep. the pain doesn't last forever, even the worst moments. But the thing I say is, well, right, I'm in this dark space. It's horrible, it's painful. As long as I accept that and I push forward, every step you go forward is a step closer to getting through it. And it really is, that's exactly as it is. The quicker you go for it, accept it, feel the uncomfortableness of it and the pain, and before you know it, it's over. You're out of the rain, you're into the sunshine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you joined the forces, did you think you'd be an author? No. <laughs> Jeez. Mate, honestly, that. How has that been? Let's go down that way. That's been... incredible. You're th you've had, you, so, so you wrote, got three you wrote fiction, yeah. and you're, is one of them the autobiography? I've got an autobiography and two novels. So. Amazing. And fictional writing as well. It's just. Yeah. I'll tell you what, mate. That's, for me, I guess, has been very therapeutic. Yeah. Because the, the novels are based on the military career I can't really talk about. So anyway, it's funny because I always tell people, when I was in the military, you'd be lucky if you could get me to write a fucking email. Because I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm one of these people, when I took over as a sergeant major, right, I went around every department and I said, yeah. don't send me emails. Because I'll ignore it. If you want to talk to me, come to me. Abby, do I say that? That's why I say as well, I can't deal I, with I, it. I, I, can't I, do, deal honestly, with so, I really can't deal with it. No, because there's no point. I find it impersonal. I think it's rude. I misinterpret it. And there's no clarification. Yeah. I want to know, am I doing that? Yeah. Or are you doing that? Yeah. Not 50 minutes later, another question. So the anyway. BW on the end, best wishes. Yeah, so I went round. I made sure no one sent me email. So I, I more or less covered my, my uh, computer with a cloth and ignored it. He turned and, off, uh, pulled the plug out the back. Yeah. So I, ne so I say to people, I never even wrote an email. And then when the reason for writing the story was, as I've already told you, you know, my daughter, and I thought, you know what, I want to write my memoirs. And if you read my book, my autobiography, there's no SAS yeah. stuff, other than I did selection, talk about yeah, that. Yeah. I don't talk about no operations, none of that stuff, yeah. or being away. But I wrote, even from being a kid, being thrown out of school at 13, stabbed at 15 and nearly died, fell in a vat of acid at 15 and a half and nearly died, to getting into the army. My kids didn't know any of it. So all that's in there and all those stories. And I tell every little bit of it what a shit I was. Yeah. Because I'm not proud of it, yeah. but I know little kids already. I go, you know what, that's me. And he's, he's turned around. It's hope though, isn't it? It's hope. Yeah. It's about having hope. Yeah, it is having hope. What I had was, I'll tell you what the difference about, this is the thing about the world today, right? When I was a kid, like most kids back then, I was out all day. Yeah. And I gravitated towards old people. I knew it because I used to think, the shitty situation I'm in now, I've got no money, I'm in a bad relationship, whatever it is, that old man's probably been through it. And I'd go and sit with him on a park bench. And they'd tell me, yeah, I've been there, there, there. but they'd all say, get your education, go in the army. Yeah. I had it off everybody. So I had these influential people. So though that, that, kind of, that was what directed you, is it? Yeah. those conversations? It kept me on the straight and narrow. I, I stepped off it every now and again, getting in trouble, but I always came back to that. And I talk about, you know, my first memories of, I used to steal hats off old men. Yeah. Weird thing to do, but I did. And this old man chased me one day, 70, yeah. and he caught me. Yeah. Fuck knows how he caught me, because I was fit as fuck, and he caught me. Yeah. And rather than give me a good hiding, he said to me, come to my boxing gym. Oh, of course what, I said yes. Oh my yes. good job he didn't get hide in there. No, so I went to his boxing <laughs> oh, gym God. and he's, he's, mate, I'll cut this really short. He's, he sat me down and he goes, listen, and there's all little shits just like me all in there. All the kids out the gangs around my street. And this old man, for whatever reason, took the time and he said, look, boxing's not a sport of brutality. Boxing is a poor man's game of chess. It's about anticipating the next move. It's about thinking about what's in front of you. It's about respecting what's in front of you. It's about when the chips are down, saying to yourself, I can go a little bit further, and you will. Now, and this is on my, my God bless her, mother's life. Um, so he said to me, always going a little bit further. That's, always, that's my mantra. 
I used it for everything, always a little further. And so when I joined the regiment 20 years later, the collect on the clock is the last word, always a little further. And I remember seeing that going, what the fuck? That's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, so, and that's, that's true. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was, um, I don't know where we were going wow. with this, but I mean, you know. So the, the books were your opportunity yes, so that, to that, that, share yeah. those bits that people didn't see. Maybe. Yeah, so anybody that reads that book, I am now that old man. Because I, I, all, I, all I do now... <laughs> Falling around these mountains, yeah, I will you now, as old. You're Se a man. <laughs> yes, 70% of my work now is charity. We have our own charity in Haiti, which has yeah. been going 10 years, 13 years. And, you know, it's about giving back. Because we should. So what about this? So you now so, film uh, Special Forces as well, aren't you? On what? You're it's filming is at Special Forces. There's another show you're doing now. No, no, it's still SAS who dares wins, but it's, it's now been picked up in... In America. In America. And they don't know who the SAS are, really. Oh, I see. They so do. Just they're, they're, you know, small minorities. So yeah. they're obviously uh, appealing to the bigger audience. So in America, everybody knows Special Forces. So yeah. it's going to be called Special Force Ultimate Challenge or whatever it is. Does it feel different? Have you started that? Like where no, you it's no that? different, mate. We've no done it. We've filmed it. Filmed and done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as brutal as it has been for the UK. It was a toll. They were different people because... You know, it's been running now seven, eight series in the UK, so everybody's seen it, everybody knows what's really Understand coming. It, yeah. The Americans didn't. They were like, what? They were expecting tea breaks, rehearsals, script. <laughs> Winnie and fucking... Then you came along. Mate, <laughs> Winnie Bagels, fucking, there. yeah, soap on a rope. <laughs> they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> soap on you know? And then all of a sudden they got this skinny little brummy stood in front of them, screaming and shouting at them. They're like, oh who the God. fuck is this? <laughs> Did it? Oh my God, mate! It's I mean, hilarious. Do you know what? To be honest with you, I would be absolutely terrified of you screaming at me. <laughs> and it, you're very. You're the thing that I find. It's interesting. I've walked with you now for an hour or so, whatever it is, in front of four. You are. You're very. You are very. There's a very gentle side to you, and I think you're. You're a gentleman. You're. You're, you're clearly. There's the grandfather in you, the father. Thank you. The kind person, but also there's this. Awareness that you could beast the hell out of me, <laughs> and and beat the hell out of me as well. Yeah, well, just don't piss me off. Yeah, I, I'll try not to. We've, <laughs> we've got about five. Well, we were pretty worried when we arrived three minutes yeah, late, late. To be honest, but luckily uh, there was a bait. Hey, if that cafe hadn't been there, it might have been a different story. I've been dragging you around here. There's now. witnesses. Yeah, you've been bobbing up and down in that fucking reservoir. But to people on these shows, have you? Ha I mean, I've watched. I've watched all yeah, the yeah. series of it. I've watched all of it. I love it. But it has, have you had scenarios where people have just like been really afraid and said, I just cannot do this? I know they have yeah. a number, they give yeah, a number. Yeah, yeah, we've had but a do few. Because do you, do you, it feels like you've got to play a balance act because basically with people who are not from the military and you guys yeah. are, they're so not used to it. Yeah. There's a balancing act between everyone, like you say, giving up in the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, breaking them and actually encouraging them. Yeah. How do you find that line? Because you've got to be partly, you. partly the dad, partly the yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that, mate, because this is... This is what's unique about the show and why it is so good, I believe. It's not a mud runner. It's not a Spartan challenge. It's about, it doesn't matter what size, shape, gender you are. You come on the show and we look at every single person. And I go, right, I want 100%. All I want, all I ask for every one of them is 100%. Yeah. Everything you do. Give it your best shot. Don't give up. Go that, go that little bit further. All what I always say anyway. So I'll know. You know, like Charlie's fitness might be different to mine. Yeah. Her awareness, her, her fear factor be different to mine. I'll find out where her weakness is and I'll push her to you a bound. Charlie. That, that, Charlie looks scared right now. You know, what, what scares her won't scare me or, Vic, or vice versa. Yeah. So I'll find out. That's, so we, everybody's treated as an individual. So it doesn't matter. And that's why they go, well, why have you got 
old people, and because they can still give 100%. Yeah. We're not asking everybody to be a mud runner or, or run up and down with a house yeah. on the back. Who cares? But the bloke who can run up and down with a house on his back yeah. is going to run up and down with a house on his back twice the size now, twice the distance, because that's challenging him. Ah, right. So, or her. Because I, I, whenever I've watched you, you've noticed that people are on different fitness levels, and you yeah. don't necessarily, the people at the end aren't necessarily the fittest people at the start, are no. they? And that, but that's what the SES is. Yeah. If I said to you, or you guys here now, Charlie and Abby, if I said to you three guys, okay, at the end of the car park, we're going to meet 10 SES guys. Tell me now what image comes in your head. Fear. <laughs> Fear or big brute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big brute. But I'll tell you lads. what, that's exactly, but they're not. So when, yeah. I, when I, I, I love telling this story, right? So when I went through SA selection, 283 of us start, seven of us finished, right? And I remember looking down the line and seeing everybody, blokes, huge, muscly, gym queens, dressed better, look, and I thought, I've got no chance. As the weeks went by, the days went by, the numbers got fewer, and I started to grow in confidence and believe in myself. And we all do that. Yeah. But then you don't really meet the guys in the SAS until you finish all the training, then you go to your squadron. So in my head, I knew a few people who'd already gone in and they were big and fit. Yeah. So I imagine, just like you probably did then, they're all gonna be super fit, super fit guys, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I finished I finish, uh, selection and I get sent to B Squadron Mountain Troop. And uh, I, walk into, <laughs> I walk into what they call the B Squadron Interest Room. That's where everybody hangs out, has a cup of coffee, has a tea and all that sort of stuff. And that's where shit gets done. So I walk into B Squadron Interest Room on day one and I look around and there's fat blokes, thin blokes, blokes with big noses, yeah. bald heads. And I thought, fucking hell, have I walked into a Hereford Council office <laughs> by mistake? <laughs> and honestly, I did. I thought, what the hell have I joined? And there's this big guy, right? And I'll say it, he was fat. This big fat guy, he's making a cup of tea. And I'm the new guy, he looks over to me and he goes, hey, nipper. And I look at him, he goes, you wanna go for a run? And I'm kind of laughing to myself, because yeah. I could run. Yeah. I went, yeah, mate, I'll go for a run with you. He's fucking big, he's fat. So we go for a run. We go out the front gate, right? I saw the sole of his shoe for about 50 meters. I never seen him again. Oh, wow. And I got back to the interest room. He'd already had a shower, sat there, and I'm, I'm coming dripping wet. Yeah. And I realised, it's not about an image. No. It's about a mindset, and that's the beauty of the regiment. So, so how many we, young we, people need to hear that right now? Though? When they look at Instagram, the big guys rip the abs. Yeah. They need to hear that, though. It's image. No one cares. You know what that is? It's sculptured polystyrene. It looks good, but there's no depth to it. Yeah. It's all about... So the people, so the people that you have the biggest like, bodybuilder shapes, they're not necessarily the best, are they? No, I'm not saying they're... they're not they're, good. I'm not not yeah, everybody's but, saying, but the, I yeah. would say the majority of people... And there's nothing wrong with taking care of your body and yeah, looking yeah, great. Yeah. But, you know, fitness anyways, 70% yeah. mindset. Yeah. And, you know, Pushing a, a, a scientist or whatever will tell me different, but I'm telling you, no, I think they're check out that rainbow. Me. See, Look at I that bought you everything too. today. There's a pot of gold. <laughs> That's amazing. Or a pot of man. money. Look at that. We've, we have had everything. Yeah. yeah, you can very rarely see the end of the rainbow. You can yeah. right there. Yeah, you can, yeah. Yeah, There's so, a lot of cash there. But when you asked about the books earlier, so the, the novels I wrote are based on a character called Matt Mason, which is basically me. Yeah. So, and the characters in his team are all guys in the regiment. The first book, Call to Kill, is all about the military life I had. It includes hostage rescues, this, that, the other, and all these things. It's in a place I've never been, so it can't be real. But it's based on authenticity and stuff, you know? So it's, because I hate this James Bond thing where one guy takes on 50 blokes and... So I've kept it as real as, and it is real. When you read it, it's like 
it's like you, you picture yourself being there. It's brilliant. I say that, it's brilliant. Was it? That, was it? I mean, because people say this. Was it therapeutic or was it? It not was therapeutic. therapeutic. It was therapeutic. Yeah, it was. Because I'll tell you what he did. He, he allowed me to relive and talk to myself about the dark days you don't want to talk about, and put it into a different sort of perspective and scenario. So, in by doing that, he kind of, yeah, he got, he got, he got me to talk about it. Like, okay, yeah, that's cool, and, and move on. So the first part, Call to Kill, is all about the military side of it, and then life after leaving. So when I left the regiment, I ended up doing a lot of conservation stuff. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, mate, I saw just as much fucking action in Africa and places like really? that. Oh, mate, the dodginess going on, the underhand deals, the terrible, you know, illegal logging, ivory trade, oh fucking God. scandalous, mate. And how do you deal with that? Them. When you see all of that, though, how do you? Because like I've seen your face, you, you, you clearly hate it. But how do you deal with that? Because you can't fix all of that, can you? You can't. No, you can't. And you, you're way outnumbered. You're in a place. You've got to. You've got to make awareness. You've got to create awareness and keep it going. And hope oh, that somebody with a heart goes, "This is wrong." Yeah. You know. But when you think the clients are very, very wealthy people in big countries, bigger than ours. Yeah. How do you, you start? You're, you're pissing in, in the wind. Yeah. But fuck it, you know, I'm not going to give up. We keep fighting. I'm still working on conservation stuff now. And how is your family, in fact, because going back to yeah. the night with your daughter and you sat, you come out of the yeah. pub, how did your family find reading the books? What did they say to they, you? They now feel like they know the dad. They've now got a greater understanding of why I act the way I am and why I've been the way I've been and why I was away all the time. And, you know, it answers a lot of questions. I don't have to keep bringing up you know there's something powerful about reading things as well i think yeah. sometimes it's very hard to vocalize and say but when someone can sit down they go oh my gosh like you wrote this this is yeah this is you it's from the heart it's 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 the truth it is what it is that's who it was that's what i did and like i say i say the things that i'm not proud of but it's yeah. important to say it because but no per human is perfect and people that pretend oh. to be perfect are the ones you trust the least yeah okay. and i'll tell you something now mate you know People make mistakes. It's fine to make a mistake. It's a fucking problem when you keep repeating it. Yeah. The same mistake. That's when it's an issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've always, I've always said, yeah, I've made loads of stupid mistakes. I thought I was a tough guy. I've, oh, mate, I've been in some right stupid situations. We learn there, don't we? Yeah. Well, I want to say the biggest thank you. We're now arriving safely back to the car park. We've got a few more muddy patches than maybe when we started, but that's the fun of stomping. Are you right, Abs? You enjoyed it? It's been an absolutely amazing uh, experience. Honestly, it's not often you can go for a walk with someone of your background. <laughs> so I'm really grateful. And it's not in the SS Who Dares Winds where you're beasting me. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's been, no, likewise, mate. I think it's been, it'll be fascinating, whether you're military or not, to hear your perspectives. And I just hope that, you know, we've got people that look after us, whether you're, okay, look this more broadly, whether you're in your A&E department, whether you're a nurse, whether you're in the military, whether you're in the fire service, the people that are giving to us and helping our communities, we've got to look after them. Otherwise, people will stop going. Like we're facing a situation. Do people don't want to be doctors and nurses anymore. I know. It's, it's so, terrible. So then everyone goes, oh, God, yeah, but there's no doctors and nurses. Well, yeah. got to look after them. If you don't yeah. look after them, you won't have them. I think that's the biggest building block this country, the world needs, is community. We need to rebuild our communities. Yeah. You know, when I look back at the little shit of a kid I was, I knew who the local Bobby was. Yeah. And, of course, I hated him, but he was there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. We kind of hated yeah. him but loved him because yeah. he kind of felt safe knowing he was there, but yeah. I didn't want him to catch me doing what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah. But we've missed that. You know, yeah. the, the little corner shops, the little, you know, out in the street, kicking the ball around, mixing with the older community, younger community, instead of scaremongering everybody. The world's safer now today than it's ever been. There's street lights everywhere. Everybody's got communications. 
You know, and yet we, we've and put this fear of God in. You won't understand. You don't see kids anymore. You've got, we've got to bring that back, mate. That community. Get people out and about and enjoying nature as well. Off your phones, out oh, and we've just done. Look at that. I mean, yeah. if you, that is therapy in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. Thank you so much. No, thank you. That was, brilliant. Brilliant. that was really good. <laughs> thank you. A huge thanks again to our sponsor this week, Fitflop. They're lightweight shoes that are engineered with our bodies and mind, are sure to keep you stomping in comfort for longer. Head over to fitflop.com to choose the perfect pair for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of me and Billy, and well done for completing your stomp. As I said before, if you want to start building good habits for your mental health, build discipline, motivation, routine, and also importantly, an understanding of your own body and your minds, get the children's book, uh, A Better Day. I say children's book, it's for adults as well, or Live Well Every Day, of course, which gives you kind of a broader view of your whole body and habits and, and how to really build them and look after yourselves. In either case, I really believe those books can really help people. And thank you so much for all the messages I've had, the comments, reviews on Amazon and stuff. It's, it's really meant a lot to me. Um, it's not easy writing a book, but when I see the response and how much it's kind of helped people, it makes it all worthwhile. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>